This is Dr. David Pomeroy, your host on ADHD Focus. I wanted to remind you that the show is not intended to be a recommendation for diagnosis or treatment of any condition for any specific person. Please consult your mental health professional or doctor managing your ADHD or mental health issues about any diagnosis or treatment-related information that you hear on the show. Refer your ADHD provider to the show if he or she would like more information. Thank you. Hello, this is your host of ADHD Focus, Dr. David Pomeroy, and today we're going to be talking about parenting in the holidays. I'm talking with Elaine Taylor-Klaus, who is an ADHD parent trainer and coach and co-founder of Impact ADHD, which is an online training and coaching program for parents of complex kids, kids with ADHD and related challenges. Elaine has just co-authored a book that came out, Parenting ADHD Now, and you can find how to get copies of the book as well as look at other programs they have on impactadhd.com. Elaine, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a delight to be here. And thank you so much for taking time out of your busy holiday schedule to uh, help parents figure out how to negotiate the chaos of the holidays. Oh, it's truly my pleasure. As I think I said to you, it's like this is this is my favorite kind of distraction. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, one of the things we had been talking about was that uh, oftentimes uh, people have an ideal of all the different things they'd like to do, what holidays means to them, and and how to um, do all those special things. And I think that's where um, certainly many of us can run into problems trying to do everything all at once. Yeah, for sure. So what have you found have been good strategies for folks to uh, deal with that? Well, I, you know, I think at this time of year in particular, um, we have this tendency to, to, uh, to, I don't know, our stomach's too big, right? Our eyes are too big <laughs> for our stomach, right? We, mm-hmm. It's like we look at all of the different possibilities around the holidays and time off and vacations and celebrations and milestones, and, and we sort of feel like we're supposed to do it all. It's like we want to get all of our fun and play and joy and family connection and all of that sort of squeezed into this really narrow time frame. And so mm-hmm. I think a huge part of making this time of year work is to, is to be mindful or conscious about how we're, what, what we're setting ourselves up for and making sure that we're setting ourselves up for success, right? Being mm-hmm. conscious about being reasonable about what we can really do on any given day or any given week um, or during a break so that we're not overloading ourselves or making, you know, ourselves or our kids end up feeling disappointed because we set our sights too high or, or just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things in terms of, of as far as a, a family, looking at what traditions or things you want to do um, would be to also include the kids and what's special for you, what kinds of things do you like. And so everybody's talking about um, what you want to do. 
Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm, we're such big believers at Impact at, at sort of bringing kids into the conversation and, and remembering that our job as parents is not actually to raise children, it's to raise future adults. And so we want to begin to give them opportunities to have an opinion and to, and to be involved in decision-making um, from a really early age. And that doesn't mean that they're running the roost or that they're in charge, but if they have a voice and they can participate in the conversation and, and before you make decisions, then not only are you teaching them good long-term life skills, planning and prioritizing and all of that, um, but you're also getting their buy-in. You know, they're going to have a lot more fun going, you know, ice skating if, if it's one of the things they chose to do instead of feeling like they have to go ice skating. And I know that sounds silly, but, you know, sometimes teenagers nope. resign themselves. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Um, our family used to go to uh, a pancake breakfast, which was uh, in a hotel in a fancy ballroom kind of setting and everybody's dressed up and they had you know decorated kind of pancakes and yeah. that was fine when they were five and three and seven and five and then it it kind of wasn't something that they were interested in after that yeah. um, but yeah. we always went downtown on a weekend day and we looked at the gingerbread house exhibit and went to different toy stores and saw all the things and that was something the kids said when are we going to be going downtown um, yeah. so that was a special time that they remembered as this is associated with Christmas. Well, and what I love about that is that, you know, that we have milestones, right, or traditions that we have, and we want to have a couple of traditions that, that everybody looks forward to that, that are sort of sacrosanct. Mm -hmm. This is what we do every year. But I think what's important, there are a couple of things, you know, we talk a lot about how do you make systems or structures work for a family with ADHD, right? So I think what's important about traditions or milestones is, is two things. One is to make sure you don't have too many of them. Right. You want yep. a couple of really good ones that are well placed throughout the holiday, not all on top of each other. Um, you know, and maybe it's going to see the gingerbread house or maybe it's making gingerbread cookies the night before Christmas or, you know, or, or um, making sugar cookies for, for Hanukkah or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that your family does. Mm -hmm. um, we used to have a game night every year. So, so one thing about milestones is to have a few, but not too many so that nobody's overwhelmed and you get a little space and, and it gives people something to look forward to. Um, and then the other is that you want to be really consistent. You know, it, it's great to have something that you do every year, but as you say, you also want to be open as the kids grow to have traditions shift or more for change. Mm -hmm. you know, what, what you do when they're little is going to be different. And if you're still trying to take your kids to go sit on Santa's lap and they're 16, nobody's going to be happy, right? Well, um, that's where... In our family, mom was the ruler on that, and we have pictures of my 16- and 14-year-old actually sitting on Santa's lap. And by that time, they were used to the fact, okay, mom's going to be happy if we do this. If we don't, we're going to hear about it. So um, when they were 12 and 10, it, it didn't go over so well, but after a while, they thought, Hey, this is fun. They, the they got into right? it. Yes, yes. I was going to say, and sometimes you, you do. You sort of push through it, and it becomes because then it's like hazing. They get to, to do it to their own kids in the future, right? Yeah, um, and and I think they grew to realize this was really important to their mom. And now, if they're home at Christmas, they're groaning with 
husbands and wives and here and yeah. there all over the country. But when they get home, there's this row of Santa pictures from when they were three and one up to, I think, 16 and 14. Yeah. And that has meaning to them. It does. It does. And then at some point it shifts. And so knowing what our milestones are and then being sort of open to maybe not eliminating them, but tweaking them or changing them. Um, maybe, as you say, we all go downtown, but instead of, um, instead of doing this activity, we're going to do that activity this year. Mm-hmm. Or, um, and- just being open to what we like to call it in, in our realm is flexible structure. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this Great. is probably true for all families, not just families with ADHD. This is this is a universal truth, oh, yeah. particularly in the realm of ADHD, because you know they, the experts tell us all the time, you need structure, you need structure, and and there's some truth to that for sure. But I would argue that people with ADHD usually need flexibility in the structure. They mm-hmm. need to have some choice, some movement, some will maybe we'll start at eight instead of seven or um, often it's, it's, it's a, you know, our kids do really well if we give them a little sense of, again, as I say, ownership or control or decision making. Um, so some choice there. But, but when, a, when a structure becomes too rigid, it becomes imposing. And the yes. point of these structures is to become, is to be support, not an imposition. Um, and the, the, metaphor I like to use is if you can imagine a bridge, when an engineer designs a bridge, the bridge has to have movement in it. It is Mm -hmm. an incredibly firm, solid, supportive structure, and if it's not able to have some movement in it, it would lap. Yes. Um, And our structures and our families, I think, are much like that. If it's got a little too much movement, then out here it's the Tacoma Narrows Bridge that um, right. blew apart. <laughs> so they had a little bit too rigid and didn't count on the wind coming through, something like that. Exactly. One right. of the things and, I and it's a dance. It's a very delicate dance. It's not a mm-hmm. it's definitely more art than science in that respect. And that's where I think including everybody um, in the discussion of what you want to do, and then you find out. Yeah, the 12-year-old or the probably 8-year-old, 9-year-old is getting a little tired of doing the pancake breakfast. Can we do something else? And there's certainly plenty of things to do downtown, so we could shift to something um, different than that activity. One of the other things that uh, I found um, fun in our family, um, my wife would always make cinnamon rolls for Christmas morning breakfast. And by about age... 14 or 15, my daughter took over that. And so oh, I love that. she makes cinnamon rolls and was doing it when she you know, was home from college. And she took over the making cinnamon rolls. So there was some time when she was helping mom and then however it came out, she said, well, I want to do that. And I'm sure, relatively sure, my wife was thinking, great, that's one thing I don't have to do. I'm glad it's going to happen. Yeah, and there's so something that, beautiful about seeing your kids take take on your traditions. I have a kid who bakes because I bake, and, and, um, and over time she's become the baking of my three kids. And I love to share it with her, and I love to see that there are times where she goes and does something that I'm not doing, and it's it's she's she's sort of adopted that love for something that I love. And what a great mm-hmm. way to share it. Well, one of the the things that comes up then with um, okay, you've had these traditions or, and these things are changing maybe to different ones. And they'll be, um, whether it's 
be sure to take the scarves because it's cold outside or we want to make sure we get here and there and um, some of the details may not work out so how can people be sure that okay next year we want to be able to do this let's keep track of what what we needed or what didn't work for planning next year where, where can you put it so you find it 12 months later yeah well you know I have a few strategies for that um, I am um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a classic ADD adult where I'm really organized in some areas and not in others um, but um, but I keep one of my in a file folder for every major holiday so huh. Um, I keep a file folder for Thanksgiving. My biggest holiday in my family is Thanksgiving. Um, I think I keep, and I'm not Christian, I'm Jewish, so I keep one for Thanksgiving, one for Passover, one for, mm -hmm. uh, for Hanukkah. Um, and, and every year, whatever I do, I keep legal pads for whatever I'm making or preparing or whatever, and I keep it in this folder. And it's, you know, it's now two inches thick, of, you know, right. five years of, of observance of this holiday. Um, but I can go back and tell you what I made for Thanksgiving in 2002, you know. Wow. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. And so I can go back and pull old recipes. And, and it's sort of like, you know, when you're a cook or a baker, um, if you're using a recipe, you tend to write down the tweaks that you make or the things that you do yes. differently. Or this worked, but you might try it with more water the next time or, you know. And what you're describing is sort of taking those same notes for the for the holiday itself not just for the for the individual recipe right 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 but if you have a place where you're sort of saying this is sort of these are the things we do for christmas or for the holidays this year or this is you know we put the lights on on the mailbox last year and it just didn't work um but this year next year we want to try the tree if you sort of capture those things and, and i'm a legal pad person just put on a yellow legal pad and keep a legal pad in the folder and you just add to it every year um it doesn't have to be complicated but little notes can really set you up to remember things that you think you're going to remember but yes. you may not remember and that's you know when those of us adults with ADHD you know my husband always says isn't it cute that you think you're going to remember that <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah um and a couple things occurred to me on that one is that if you put it on the list in your phone at the time by next year you may one have a different phone exactly. two the app didn't back up like you thought it was going to or three you've had three different lists and three different apps because you couldn't remember where the first one was um, I have so many lists of movies to watch it's hysterical <laughs> mm -hmm. so that the, the uh, legal pad something to write it down on and for those of us who have a filing system somewhere it's under a pile of a few things uh, yeah. at least get a bright neon green or yellow those plastic folders stick what you've written into that so you can find it in the pile of everything else um, or you, if you, and if you don't keep regular files, you can put it in with your holiday stuff, like your Christmas decorations or whatever, mm -hmm. um, and put something on your calendar for next year for what date you want to go get out your Christmas stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, right. and that's where that, uh, and that's, where that's a good one, yeah. Keep it uh, yeah. with the things that you're um Keep it with the stuff, but make sure to calendarize it. Don't rely on the memory to remember what date, because otherwise it could be December 21st, and you really wanted to do something on December 15th. 
Right. Now, you really wanted to start early next year. Well, if you want to start early next year, put it on your calendar as a reminder and put the note in the folder. So, mm -hmm. you know, belt and suspenders. Right, right. right. And for, for me, I would have it in the calendar, and then I'd have a reminder a week before and a reminder yeah. about three weeks before. So exactly. I'm starting to think about where I can begin to look for something. Um, right. Well, you know, that reminds me, Rudy Rodriguez talks about fixing to get ready to go. Yes. Know, and that we need to make that time to, to get to fix and to get ready to, to prepare to think about starting to get ready to do, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and have reminders all the way along. So yes. One of the, the things that comes up and certainly that I see in uh, patients that I'm seeing, particularly around this time of year, is that they are by now totally frazzled. Mom is coming in. She's 10 minutes late because she needed to stop and drop off something or one of her kids and uh, is just at her wit's end and she's not had any time for herself in 10 days and there's still seven days till their holiday and all these things to do um, and it's pretty evident to me anyway as an observer you need some time to step back for yourself so you can enjoy it too. Well, you know, from a mom's perspective, the challenge to that is that it feels indulgent. It feels self-indulgent. It feels, mm -hmm. um, and and it's not, of course. And you know, you any mom could tell their best friend this advice, right? Could yeah. tell their BFF or their mom or their kids, you got to take care of yourselves. If you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. And the rubber band can will get stretched too thin, and it'll break. And you know. All of us know this in theory. The challenge is to apply it to ourselves in practice. It's so hard. Yes, yes. Be as kind to yourself as you would be to your good friend. Oh, it's so hard to do because there's so much. And I think it, it comes from a, a wanting for. Like we want for the people that we love, our family, yeah. our community, so dearly. We so want to be of service and to contribute and to spread the cheer like like it's coming from this place of deep want um, but we can still even wanting for and loving and all of that we can still deplete ourselves if we're not careful yeah and I think that's so easy to do with so many things and and uh, mom either feels like she has to coordinate everything or in fact does have to um, and to say, you know, I can plan things out here if I have a chance to catch my breath instead of just getting caught up with the next thing to do, the next thing to do, and feeling like you're running three steps behind. Always. Yeah, always on that, that hamster wheel. And, you know, there, there are a few things that parents can do for, you know, we call it self-care, and it's, it's not a dreaded word, although people tend to dismiss it, I think. Mm -hmm. but, you know, doing things to take care of ourselves, and maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's reading a book or taking a bath or going out for coffee with a friend, or um, sometimes it's doing something that's of service to others that can be a gift to ourselves sometimes. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways. So, so I think the first thing that pay, people have to do is to sort of ask themselves, what is self-care for me? What does do it for me? What, what fuels me and fills my cup? Um, mm -hmm. Because sometimes we, we will discover that it's simpler than we think. 
you know, it may be just, like last night I was in the middle of something, and, and I think I mentioned to you that I'm packing my house to move in a few weeks. I'm a little overwhelmed in that realm. Um, and I just walked outside and sat on the front porch for about two minutes. It was mm-hmm. cold. I wasn't there for long. Um, but I just needed to breathe some fresh air and just take that space for myself before I came back in and got back to packing. And so sometimes it's really little things that sort of break the the energy that stopped the constant pressure cooker mm-hmm. and sort of relieve it's like relieving the pressure cooker it's it's like relieving that opening the valve a little bit so it doesn't yeah. have to be intense it just has to be conscious right right and i think of uh a lot of those kinds of things where if it builds up too much it's going to boil over there's a yeah. big pot and it's got a level of water in it well, unpredictably, all of a sudden the heat's going to get turned up. That's life happening. And yeah. if that water level is down in the middle of the pot, it's not as likely to boil over. But if it's all the way up at the top, yeah. it's easy for it to boil over. So that self-care, taking a break, helps the water level get back down. Um, and I think, as you say, the, the little things that don't take a long time stepping outside, getting outside even um, for two, three, four minutes, uh, being yeah. able to say, you know, I'm, I've got my favorite tea here. I'm going to at least I'm sit, sit for a second and have that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not go relax, quote, unquote, sitting at your computer with that cup of tea because then you're lost in something that's probably not what you were doing at the time, but at the kitchen table. Um, well, and that's, there's sort of a mindfulness piece to what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm, it's like exactly. It's the time to stop and be present. Um, I, we were doing a recap the other day of, of things that we learned at the most recent CHAG conference. Um, and, uh, and one of the things that somebody shared was the, the, some research around happiness and that People are, I think, 50% happier or something. It was a very dramatic number when they're present. Mm-hmm. So taking that space to be present in the moment to whatever you're doing, sitting down to have a cup of tea, putting a, a, you know, decorating a tree, whatever it is, but being conscious and mindful in that moment, really paying attention to what you're doing yes. Um, yes. Can, can have a dramatic impact on, on connection and happiness. Yeah, not just grabbing the tea out of the cupboard, but thinking, okay, um, this is where it is. I can feel it as I'm taking out the, the canister or the bag it's in, smell it as you open it up, really enjoy every single part of it. Um, and another thing I heard recently, so which I'm I a, think... I just have to tell you, go ahead, please. You, got me, you got me ready for my next cup of tea. When we're done, I'm committing here now to go stop and, and fix myself a nice cup of tea before I move on with my day. So and thank you. I, sure. <laughs> and I was thinking of it because I went down to Pike Market as our um, kind of public shopping area that's uh, unique to Seattle in a lot of ways. And... I got some black currant tea at the Market Spice Shop and sitting down with a cup of black currant tea in the evening, that's special for me because I usually don't um, don't have that around. But I can have a special break because, all right, this is something I did at Christmas time. I got the favorite tea. Um, one other uh, thing I heard recently I think is a 
kind of sums up the mindfulness is don't let your mind be where your body is not. Mm, I love that. So That's a, it, that is a great summary of it. Um, and sure, you need to think ahead of what's coming up this weekend, but to get into then worrying about it and projecting it, but if this happens and that happens, and more often to, to uh, worrying about what hasn't even happened yet, um, yeah. but keeping it back to right now, um, what am I doing now, and then allowing ourselves to enjoy it. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. That's beautiful. You know, in, in the realm of coaching, we talk a lot about consciousness or awareness, right? That, that you know, in a coaching arrangement or conversation, there are two goals you're looking for, either to deepen your understanding or your awareness of something or to forward the action. And ideally, you're doing both. But that the power of awareness is something that I think um, – is, in, is it something we're just beginning to understand in the last several decades, the, the, the true yes. impact of what happens when we take the space, create, when we set the intention of becoming aware or mindful of where we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of what we've been talking about. It's so easy for all of us, I think, to get caught up into, well, I have to make, I have to forward the action. I have to keep things going and, and make sure we're doing this and this and this and stopping and consciously recognizing. And I, we can do that best if we step back and get a breath of fresh air, Uh, take some deep breaths and say, okay, what am I doing next? I only need three things on my task list. And yeah. that gives us more energy to uh, to keep going. Well, and, you know, and I'll add something else. We have a to, to sort of play on that. We have a strategy we teach. I guess it's sort of a strategy, sort of a concept, but it ties in two things that we've talked about today, um, both the concept of setting realistic expectations or setting them consciously, and this notion of self-care. Um, and it's we call it GEMO, G-E-M-O. Good enough, move on. And so part of what we, particularly as parents, have to do is to recognize when something's GMO, when it's good enough, when it's time to say, okay, um, I don't need to make it perfect because the last thing we want to do is, is teach our kids um, that perfectionism is, is worthy <laughs> right, right, absolutely. <laughs> of, our, of our attention because our attention is, is um, we have to be conscious about our attention. So recognizing, have I done, is it good enough for, for now or for government work or for whatever it is? is? Can I let go of this and move on to something? And, and to give ourselves permission to, to make something conscious and, and good but not always be going to that level of perfection. Will the kids mm-hmm. really notice the difference if I spend an extra five or ten minutes wrapping this gift, right? Or, um, you know, whatever the example is, it, it, to, to ask ourselves regularly, routinely, is this really good enough? What's, what's the purpose here? And to make sure that we're f- fulfilling the message or the mission, not just the details of it. Right. To... to uh I'm thinking in terms of including kids in what's going on and all right, four and five year olds, you aren't going to say, okay, decorate the tree. But if 
the five-year-old wants to put this ornament over here and maybe that didn't fit with a parental picture of what the tree should look like, okay, there's the flexible structure, being a little flexible, including your child in, great, that looks fine. Or, yeah. you know, maybe it, maybe it could be over here next to this one so they could be friends. Or, um, But still giving the child a voice in something as significant as decorating the tree um, yeah. or whatever kind of decorations. Or decorating uh, the cookie. Has, or, yeah, 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 for their own holiday. Yeah. There's just, you know, letting, letting, it, letting things be good enough so that you can focus on the, tr- the real purpose, which is the joy of the season and of time together and connection and play and love and reverence and all of those other, you know, really deep values that yeah, the things that really about. Yes, which are, I think, easy to get caught up in all the, the details Stuff. and not really think about this is why we're here. This is why this is a special time, and keeping that also um, in mind. Um, well, we need to uh, sum up, and uh, in terms of the, I think the takeaways from what we've talked about today, um, GMO, good enough, move on, and to give yourself a break today, give yourself whether it's a two-minute break or I'm going to take eight minutes and have my favorite cup of tea or coffee, whichever. Um, giving yourself, yes, go ahead. I just got. I just have to add one more thing on on that. Not only is self care good for us to give us the stamina to keep going and kindness for ourselves, but there is also something really wonderful as parents about teaching our kids that we matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Because we want our kids ultimately to want to do nice things for us. And so, you know, when your kids get to a point where it's like, yeah, well, I'm sorry I can't be here, but I'm going out with, you know, Aunt Sherry because this is our tradition. This is what we do. We want our kids to want for us as much as we want for them. Mm-hmm. And if we're constantly depriving ourselves and not treating ourselves at that same level that we treat everybody else, that's the message they're going to get. And also they can see that, okay, mom's, taking a break, she's paying attention to herself, that's yeah. also going to be a model that they can pick up. It's okay to sit down um, and not be rushing around all the time. Yeah, and I want her to be happy and go see Aunt Sherry or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, Elaine, it's been... Just... <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Elaine, it's been great to talk with you. I've been talking with yeah, Elaine well. Taylor-Klaus, who is a parenting trainer and coach and co-founder of Impact ADHD, which you can find uh, more information on at their website, impactadhd.com. And for all those listening, I wish you the best of holidays. And if you're listening after the holiday, I hope it was a good one. And it's not too late to jot down a couple things that you'd like to do next year find a file folder or put it with your holiday things and you'll be able to use it. So this is Dr. David Pomeroy signing off for ADHD Focus.